12 minutes. The Middleball Minute podcast we're doing 997 sequel Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 57 of The Lost World. But before we get there, we've uh, pretty much today, just to date the podcast a little bit more, the uh, second trailer for Jurassic World Evolution dropped. Um, mm-hmm, that's right. And now instead of having sort of that CGI uh, video we had for Evolution the first time, this appears to be in-game uh, animation. Um, mm-hmm. I think the animals look great. I agree, yeah. Um, they look fantastic, actually. I mean, this has been a long time from uh, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis and those kind of um, boxy, glitchy graphics that we had that came with it. So, gameplay or the um, CG models for the game have vastly improved. They look almost realistic. Now, it's sort of. It was. There was pretty much no. I don't recall there was any text on the screen anywhere. It was just pretty much a two minute trailer of what I like to call uh, Walking with Dinosaurs, <laughs> Jurassic yeah, Park st- style. Like, we, uh, we got. There was a couple of. Um, for me, hard to see images of sort of Jurassic World Innovation Center and that. They were sort of shaded mm-hmm. a bit where it was more the surroundings and the dinosaurs walking that were featured. Um, a couple of great ones too, if the raptor's running through an open paddock uh, mm-hmm. and supposedly making it look like they were going after an ankylosaur as well. Um, no, I thought it was really cool that they um, actually did that, though, with the buildings and just... With the paddocks that we got, the paddock shots that we got in general were really almost atmospheric in a way, you know. Mm. Well, especially you had these... you had those two two shots where it was like sunrise late or late yeah, afternoon. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Mm. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if it just makes me wonder how much of this is actual gameplay or just like uh, like cutscenes or in in game animation. Um, yeah, possibly. Like, um, I know some video games will. They'll show um, like glimpses of the dinosaur of the not dinosaurs but the animals or uh, whatever the uh, main target is in like these cutscenes prior to the actual gameplay that mm. you go into. So like for example, um, it reminded me a lot of the Cabela's game um, Greatest Hunts, where it shows you just quick glimpses at the animals and their um environments that you're supposed to be hunting yep yeah i remember yeah Yeah. i I remember that from sort of older hunting games where you do you get get a like a little five second ten second clip of a deer um walking between some trees and then it sort of cuts back to you and you got to try and sneak up on it and that but um but in, in saying that too like um it all seemed to be the animals were free, free moving. It didn't seem like there was any controllability to them, um, which sort of makes you wonder if it was a cutscene or if uh, the animals in the in the game are going to be free flying and you don't, you can't really say, well, I'm going to be this T Rex and go and hunt something, or similar to sort of maybe the uh, the Lost World PlayStation Two game or PlayStation One game. No. I don't think it's going to be um, where you control the dinosaurs. I think this is going to be more like Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, where you build the park, and then you have to stop it from going to hell. Mm. I, I don't think this is going to be like, um, say, Saurian, the game Saurian, where um, you're basically playing as a dinosaur. Yeah, yep, yep. And so as we alluded to before, like 
Jurassic games up until now um, have sort of been one way or the other, but I think one of the main issues with them across the board is maybe the animal designs and the animal looks, um, just being very boxy um, and sometimes very erratic, like Trespasser, <laughs> or uh, or even with Genesis, like those small, pixelated a little bit animals. You could sort of go down to the Explorer and on ground level and look at them, but um, I don't recall whether the uh, Genesis dinosaurs actually modelled off Jurassic dinosaurs, or were they just sort of... They were modelled pretty well off the um, off the Jurassic Park 3 render, yeah. uh, ILM renders, I think. Okay. But they were, the way that the model itself was, it was just really uh, pixelated in a way that was kind of like Trespasser as well, where you had these um, really detailed skins they could make, but they were stretched over like a really rudimentary mm-hmm. um, shell, yep. I guess would be the name for it. Yep. I'm not really a gamer. Yeah, and so there's still, we've still got plenty of time. Like, this is just a, a straight-up um, first little snippet from in-game. It, uh, it looked fantastic. Um, as I said, seeing the raptors blue, the triceratops sort of sleeping against a fence. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of ankylosaurs, and the, uh, the sauropod sort of, again, wandering through the open fields. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the parasol office... A little bit darker than the Lost World version, but it seemed to have that same sort of yellows and creams running through the yeah, color. Yeah, it seemed to have pretty much the same basic coloration, just a tad darker. Darker on top, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was sort of it was interesting too that it was primarily, it was pretty much just all um, all dinosaur footage, uh, minus the helicopter that annoyingly kept on flying across the screen. <laughs> And um, yeah. and the ranger station was really the only building we got to see in the clear. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe because it's a new asset for the game and not actually yeah. something we've seen. I think that's uh, what it was. Is that it was a pretty much a brand new asset that um, the game designers built specifically for that game, and it's not something that they're going to just throw a skin over like they would say the um, the innovation center. Mm. And one thing I was definitely happy to see was it was uh, a different helicopter and not the Maserati corporate <laughs> engine helicopter. Oh, was it? I didn't notice. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was sort of it was almost like a gunship sort of helicopter. Um, oh, cool. Minus the wings on the rocket pods on the side of it, but um, <laughs> from memory, it, it, I'm pretty sure it was the same helicopter, more detailed than what the Genesis one was. But that might be just me. Not really looking too hard at the two helicopters, but... Um... No, it definitely reminded me of that one as well. Mm. But in Jurassic World colors, of course. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, again, like, again, there's not really a lot. Just just two minutes of uh, really dinosaurs moving through the environments. Um, mm-hmm. I felt the raptor's was... movement was really fluid and nice. It wasn't yeah, really... Right. I liked it anyway, yeah. It seemed like this was more of a proof-of-concept trailer than anything else. Yeah, well, that's, as I said before, the dinosaurs but always being the issue. It's, here, this is the dinosaurs we're going to have in it. Um, you'll see the buildings and the rest of the gameplay later, but we've cracked it. We've got the dinosaurs looking as they should. Like, we, we know mm-hmm. they're not going to be... They're not going to be movie-accurate, like, 
the CG is not going to be as good as on screen because they haven't got the budget for that, but I reckon they've got pretty close. Especially that T-Rex as it bellows again, just <laughs> pumping that sound out. Yeah, it really is. It was a really uh, great shot, wasn't it? Mm, yep. I think was, I love Tim Olmedo was saying that it's not Nublar, it's um, one of the other islands. Yeah, Matt and Saros. Yeah. Apparently, uh, all five islands in the La Single Mortis chain will be uh, loud along with Nublar, I think. Yeah, and that's what I was going to sort of ask. That is that just going to be like the uh, the shape of the island, or is there actually going to be maybe locations or something from the films in there? But it's sort of hard to hard to put your finger on what that actually means. Yeah, I'm not sure myself. because yeah, it'd be no it'd be no different to say making a um, a novel, oh, not accurate, but a sort of novel style shape of sauna in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure mods have done a lot of. You haven't been attacked? Oh no, that's my lucky pack. That's how it always looks. Alright, anything else on the trailer you want to bring up before we get into the minute? Yeah, I think we're good. Alright. As we ended minute 56 of The Lost World, Sarah had fallen to the rear window of the trailer. Raindrops drummed down on the inside of the window, and cracks began to form under her hands and knees. As we end of minute 57, Sarah gets to her hands and knees and tries to spread her weight out as wide as she can. At 56 minutes and 13 seconds, Nick yells out, don't move. He looks across at Ian. Ian's looking down at Sarah's position. He says, I'm coming down for you. Stay there. And don't move. Here I come. Stay still. At 56 minutes and 25 seconds, Sarah slowly reaches her right hand out to grab the corner of the window, putting all her weight on her left hand and the glass begins to spiderweb and crack more frequently. At 56 minutes and 30 seconds, as Ian climbs down past the satellite phone, he yells up to Nick to get it. Nick starts climbing down the opposite side of the trailer, making his way towards the dangling satellite phone. At 56 minutes and 42 seconds, Nick arrives just above the phone and tries to reach out to grab it. The phone's strapped, slowly sliding off a light fixture. At 56 minutes and 50 seconds, Sarah's reaching across to the side of the window, and she's so close. At 56 minutes and 58 seconds, we cut back to Nick, now close to the light, desperately trying to grab the strap, as it's only an inch or two away from falling off. And as we end the minute, Ian arrives by Sarah's side. And this ends minute 57 of The Lost World. We open straight back up from minute 56, where the, uh, the glass is cracking... Um, and we get the view down from up above as we see the cracks mm-hmm. starting, starting to form around and Sarah's like, oh, God, please, <laughs> God, no. And it's sort of, it's interesting too, like he looking down on her on the glass. There's a couple of uh, sort of plates and cups and just a couple of things where in the previous minute we've seen the fridge full of sort of uh, look like plastic containers that, that fell out. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when the trailer rolled over, there was a lot of debris getting thrown around and now that's over the cliff and on its end. Uh, nothing's yeah. gone down to the window, but... I think there might be, like, a little pocketbook or, or, some, or something similar. Yeah. A little field guidebook yep. right next to her lucky pack. And even even previously when she was doing the, uh, the X-ray of the baby's leg, they'll saw that mm-hmm. computer monitor inside a hard pelican case that she'd sat on the, the desk 
beside the table. Um, mm-hmm. It hadn't fallen down. That table's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> so I understand in a way because if they got that glass covered, you're not going to be able to see the effect that they're going mm-hmm. for here in all its glory. But um, realistically, yeah, when that thing went over that table, the table alone should have been enough to go through the glass. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I can't remember what exactly they did with the table once they moved the T-Rex. I I thought they kind of just stowed it back away where they had it underneath the counter there, and so it would have just rolled over onto the side next to the... Um, they had those... They had, like, graded uh, columns along the corners. Mm. Yeah, well, I remember they, they picked the baby up and they walked around the table to take it to the door. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of... when they Once they've delivered the baby outside, they sort of all just sit down in the doorway or around the doorway mm-hmm. there. And the, so it's... I'd have to re-look and see if the table's still sitting behind there, but they don't get a lot of time after it before Ian sees the, uh, sees the attack coming. Yeah, true. I suppose while we're just on that too, it was interesting too with the uh, the shooting script. It actually says that uh, um, Eddie, Eddie sort of talks over the radio that, oh, God, I'm sorry, and they're like, what the hell does he mean? And Ian actually opens the door and looks out and sees the T-Rex charging. And sort of closes the door and goes back inside and said, hang on, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Which which makes sense. And it's just sort of something was cut there again for time or what have you. And just you got to try and draw the line that, okay, you've seen something out the window, seen it mm-hmm. charging from out the window, and that's what actually happened there. But but even with that, that table too, if it sort of stowed against the wall, you'd think it maybe had uh, like the locking brakes on the wheels that would stop Maybe, it from yeah. moving, but it wouldn't really stop it if the trailer rolled, but we don't see it yeah. fall <laughs> when the trailer goes <clears> over. So, again, just... And and having a large steel table like that in there while they're doing the stunt too would be pretty dangerous for the uh, for the stunt stunt guys in there, so... Oh, definitely. I can see why it was removed. But uh, Nick yells out, don't move, and uh, Ian, I'm coming down. I'm coming down to get you. Stay still. And... Uh, we cut cut to the terror and a close-up on Sarah's face as she's looking through the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much the only thing she can focus on through the glass is that crashing surf below. Um, mm-hmm. Now, something I never got that Sarah does here is that when she hits the glass, she automatically uh, kneels and puts, like, all of her weight into her palms, mm. which is, if you've ever... Um, if you've ever been on shallow or not shallow uh, thin ice yeah you know that like you want to put all your weight as far out as possible no yeah you don't want to you don't want to column up your arms and put all your weight on your palms like that and that's sort of one thing we get to in a minute when Sarah when Ian gets down beside her and says give me a hand well that's just going to put a lot of weight on that other hand that's on the surface because you're exactly which would make it worse yeah yep um but uh, Ian starts climbing down the side of the trailer. He's uh, still on the door side, um, going down over that um, counter where Kelly made breakfast earlier. And uh, mm-hmm. looks across at the radio terminal across from him and sees a satellite phone dangling there and tells uh, Nick, satellite phone, get it. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of another interesting thing too from the, uh, the pre-San Diego script where um, before... I think it was before the, or as the trailer rolled, um, and before it started to get pushed, before Ian went to the window to 
um, look out the window after the trailer had rolled, he actually seen Sarah's pack and grabbed that phone out of her pack. Um, and it was made a, made note that the screen was still glowing green. So mm-hmm. then, once the trailer went over, um, he sees the screen growing green because he'd obviously let go of it, and it was sitting against a table leg in the dangling trailer. Mm. Um, that 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 big, bulky satellite phone suitcase thing that uh, Eddie had isn't really seen again in the script after um, Ian tries to call out on the front of the M class. So. It's not. It's not. Um, it doesn't fall and go through the glass here. I think it's um, some debris that Nick actually yeah. accidentally kicks off the table. But um, it's just interesting here. We've got the satellite phone, sort of the, the handpiece hanging with the green light on it, as just a reference back to that earlier script, I imagine. Um, mm-hmm. But that that would have just tied up. It would have said, "Yep, okay." He, Ian got the Sarah's phone out of a bag. Um, it had been fumbled a couple of times. Nick had tried to get it in the trailer, but it had definitely gone over the cliff when the trailers fell, whereas here, we know it's in the bag. We never see it again. <laughs> so, And as we said when we were talking about that minute when he comes across a pack, a simple trying to turn it on and flat battery comment would have mm-hmm. been would have been perfectly fine. But but that, that happened anyway, so... And it's also interesting here too, the whole scene with the T-Rexes at the trailers, it's been quiet. It's been the sound of the animals, the sound of the actors acting. Well, not the sound mm-hmm. of the actors acting, the actors giving their lines. Um, mm-hmm. And the noise of the trailer sort of protesting against being overturned. But now we sort of get that Jurassic sort of violin-y um, suspense music start to come in. And it's probably mm-hmm. some of the more Jurassic Park sounding music in the film. As Nick tries to reach down and grab this uh, satellite phone that's dangling on a light. <laughs> and, of course, because he's on the uh, the radio equipment side, this is one of the uh, lights that was on a arm above the uh, the table or the bench where the computer monitors were. But um, it's sort of it's one of those things. It's, it's just been put there for this scene again before when the trailer rolled. And even when the trailer went over the cliff, the force of it hitting the cliff would have... Um, it wouldn't have sat on the light like this with a strap. It would have kept on going. Yeah. And that just adds that little bit more suspense. Not only do we have the glass cracking out with Sarah laying on it, we've also got this object that's um, just outside of Nick's reach, and he can't quite <clears throat> reach down to grab it. But then we cut back down to Sarah, sort of reaching and sliding one hand across to try and reach the uh, the side of the window. And again, then we're back to Nick again, where he's trying, trying really hard and only a couple of inches away from the light. And just really sort of grunting, trying to reach. <laughs> then we cut back down to beside Sarah, and Ian sort of arrives by her side. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the minute ends. But um, it's, it's funny, Ian's, this last minute, Ian's had the time to climb all the way down the bottom of the trailer, but Nick can't climb down four more inches <laughs> to grab. Because he's got the two, the two uh, swivel chairs are bolted to the ground there in front of the radio equipment, so he should be able to... Go mm-hmm. down that a little bit more, <laughs> but that's that's the end of the minute. Anything else you want to bring up, Dave, before we go on with minute fifty-eight? No, I think we're good. Radio. All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You 
an email feedback to the Lost World Minute at gmail.com, Facebook, The Lost World Minute, Twitter at The Lost World Minute, and Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yep, yeah, very easy to All remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life.